Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam. I trust you and your household. You're doing well and are blessed in all things. Remember that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And this is the last lesson, the final lesson in our uh, series about our identity and our authority in Christ. Now, these are actually two, sub uh, two different subjects, but I believe that they are very important because they are interlinked together because our walking in our divine authority that we have in Christ is actually very much connected and is a result of who we are in Christ. It is who we are and what God has made us in Christ that enables us to uh, receive this authority from God and act on it and live on it. So this is very important. So we begin this subject by talking about uh, what what God has done for us through Jesus Christ and uh, and uh, and because of that we are uh, we have been raised up together with Christ we are seated together with Jesus at the right hand of the Father and so we must uh, first be aware of our position in Christ because there's two ways of looking at yourself look you can look at yourself as just a uh, you know, I'm just an ordinary human being like any other human beings, any other human being on this earth. The only difference is that they are sinners and I'm a sinner saved by grace. And that's really the totality of it. And uh, there's nothing about me that makes me unique or special. And that is the first mistake we make because we have to understand the power of the new creation in Christ that the new creation in Christ, you know, that God makes us new creations in Christ. That's one of the greatest miracles that God has done on this earth, that uh, when God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he raised us up together with him. That's what the Bible says, that uh, our new birth, the new creation is the same uh, in the eyes of God, is the same act as when God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and exalted him and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places and that we are in Christ our lives are hidden in Christ and we are uh, we are we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ which means that everything that belongs to the father belongs to us can you imagine that everything that belongs to the father belongs to us that's what an heir is and we are joint heirs with Christ that means everything that belongs to Jesus that the father has given to Jesus we have an equal share in it because we are joint heirs with Christ and that uh, we and also things like we are accepted in the beloved that the father loves us and we are more than conquerors in conquerors in Christ Jesus and that the greater one lives in us greater is he who is in us and he that is in the world and all those other wonderful truths that are included in the realities of redemption like uh, you know old things that passed away all things have become new because I'm in Christ Jesus that means God doesn't look at me as having a past. It is because we look at our past and we, you know, there's two things. If we look at them, like we look too much at our past, at what we have done, 
and we forget that we have already forgotten those things and God has said that he has forgotten those things but we insist on remembering things that God has forgotten when we do that and then we look at ourselves in the flesh we will we look at who we are in ourselves and not in Christ Jesus and that is when we say well I'm a sinner saved by grace at least my fire insurance is paid up and when I die I go to heaven but other than that you know I can't really expect much I'm a I'm subject to the same things that other people are subject to. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And that is that mentality, uh, which is a result of ourselves always looking at who we are in the flesh rather than who we are in Christ and ourselves always remembering the past and remembering things that God has chosen to, to forgive and to forget. And, uh, and then, in fact, just think of it that that uh, the father has said you know and Jesus had said that whatsoever you shall ask the father in my name it shall be given to you so Jesus told us not to come to the father in our own name in other words he wants us to come to the father in his name because when we come to the father in the name of Jesus we are coming to the father on the basis of all who Jesus is and because we are in Christ. And so that is when the doors of heaven are open to us and all things are possible. But if I come to the Father in my name, that means that I come to the Father on the basis of my own virtues. Although I say I come in the name of Jesus, but I actually, in my heart of hearts, I stand on my own virtues, on my good own good works. And because that's what happens, you see, when people pray and they pray to the Father, they say, in the name of Jesus, amen. Then the moment the amen has been said, they know nothing is going to happen. Why? Because they remember all their own faults, all their own shortcomings. So what that means that although they say in Jesus name, they're not really coming to the father in the name of Jesus. They're coming in their own name because they begin to reckon their own virtues and their own shortcomings and, and, and their own weaknesses and failures and their own good deeds and bad deeds. They suddenly come to the forefront and it is on the basis of how I feel about my conduct that determines whether I'm going to receive from God or not. And that is, that goes against the spirit of the gospel, against the spirit of grace. So, you know, these are things we must understand. I'm kind of recapping some of these things because these are our final lessons. So we have to, we have to stand on who we are in Christ and not who we are in ourselves. And uh, and when, once we find our place in Christ and stand in our place in Christ, that is when we have power. That is when we can walk in authority. And so, so how do we how do we get to the place where we where we begin to think and talk like who we are in Christ and not think and talk like who we are in ourselves? Well, that is. Uh, called the renewal of the mind. And I talked about this when I talked on the uh, realities. I believe I talked about it on faith and grace and faith and the, re the renewal of the mind. That means our minds are attuned to thinking in a certain way. We are programmed by the world because we have grown up in a fallen world. We think like the fallen world thinks and uh, uh, it's all about me and my experience and that determines everything. And so, but God wants our minds to be renewed and our minds to be renewed means we have to retrain our minds. We have to realign our minds and retrain our minds to think in terms of what Jesus has done for us 
upon the cross and at his resurrection and who we are in Christ and not who we are in the flesh. And that takes a retraining of our mind. And uh, that is actually in, in the book of Hebrews uh, in, in chapter four, it talks about entering into the rest. Actually, the first four chapters of Hebrews talk about entering into the rest and entering the rest is that place uh, where in, in, in the book of Hebrews, it explains itself. It says that whosoever enters the rest has ceased from his own works and entered into the work of Christ. And that's what it is. When we enter into the rest of faith, that is when we cease from our own works and we cease thinking in line with who of who we are and what we have done in our own flesh, but we enter into the work of Christ. And suddenly we begin to think in terms of what Jesus is, who Jesus is to us and what he has done for us. So it says we enter, we have to cease to uh, uh, from our own works and enter into the works of Christ. And then it says, so labor ye therefore to enter into his rest. So how do we labor to enter into his rest? Well, that is the whole uh, act of uh, transformation, you know, renewal of the mind. That is a labor. And how do we do that? Well, we have to discipline ourselves. Firstly, we have to fill our minds and our spirits with the Bible. We have to spend a lot of time in the Word of God. Secondly, we have to confess and speak, speak, speak the Word of God. Uh, speak to myself who I am in Christ. With the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. And I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation on me. You know, these are the things God says about us. And we don't usually think on those lines, but we have to, once we we, we replace our way of thinking with God's way of thinking. We replace our own thoughts with God's word. That is the labor, you know, because it's a process and we, it doesn't happen automatically, but we as a Christian, uh, just because I got saved, it doesn't happen automatically, but we have to give ourselves to it, apply ourselves to it. And, uh, and, 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 and as we apply our, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like you, you, you have been bed fast for a long time and your muscles have atrophied. So they send you to physical physiotherapy and you have to work to build your muscles up so that you can walk properly and work properly. It doesn't come automatically. Anyone who has been bed fast for some time, he feels that weakness. So you have to work on your body. You have to do those exercises in the same way. These are spiritual exercises. You take the word, apply them to yourself. And, and, and so you work on your mind, work Work on your spirit and you kind of change yourself and that is called the renewal of the mind and then you begin to think in line with God's word instead of your own thoughts and imaginations. Anyway, leaving that behind, so we are talking about uh, exercising authority by the word of God and uh, so the, I, I told you about one, you know, this one miracle and uh, I can share with you another miracle that happened in Argentina. One night I got up to preach the word of God in my very first crusade in Rosario and I began to read. I opened the Bible just to read the scripture and I started reading from uh, Psalm 103 verses 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. And the moment I said he heals all your diseases, suddenly the crowd, one section of the crowd began to scream and shout. And I said, what happened? What happened? And suddenly a wheelchair shot up into the air. People lifted up a wheelchair. And a woman came walking through the crowd 
and she had her backbone has had been severed. Uh, it was and 16 years prior to that, it was like it was totally broken and she had not been able to stand or walk because of that. And as soon as, as I said, he forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. The power of God, the power of the word of God came into her body and raised her up and healed her. You know, there, Jesus said, my words, they are spirit, they are life. Hallelujah. There is power in the word of God. Now, then another example I can give you is uh, exercising authority by the word of God. Like I see this in Africa all the time. Many times when I'm, I'm speaking the word and preaching, demons begin to manifest themselves. It's interesting, especially when I preach about the blood. That's very, very interesting. You know, I mean, I preach about the cross. I preach about a lot of things. But when I begin to talk a lot about the blood, I can't explain it why, but the, there's something about the blood of Jesus that freaks the devil out. Devils are frightened when you preach on the word of Jesus, you know, on, on the word of God about the blood of Jesus. So I, I, I you know, I, I pick up the scriptures on the blood and I begin to uh, preach. And, 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 and often you can see people screaming in the crowd, not while I'm ministering. They just while I'm preaching, they begin to fall down on the ground and the devils begin to come out of them. And I've seen this many, many, many times. I've seen up to maybe 50, 100 people at a time get delivered like this because the word of God is so powerful. And <clears throat> that's why. Uh, but you see, again, it's our mind has to be renewed. We have to believe that when I speak the word of God, God is going to do this. Amen. Praise God. Now, the third uh, I, I'm getting this from the, how the from studying the uh, acts of the apostles, the the apostles of Jesus, how they ministered. So there's three ways they exercise authority. One by, was by the name of Jesus, and the first, second was by speaking the word of God, and th third was by the Holy Spirit. You know, when we are in, when we are full of the Holy Spirit, it terrifies the devil. I want you to know that. I mean, the devil cannot face a man who is full of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I can give you examples. For example, a couple of years ago, you know, when Britta and I, my wife and I, we want to get away for a weekend uh, from here in Lancaster. We take a train to New York City. And New York City is, you know, it's just different. It's nice to get away. And um, what we do, we get on a train and uh, two hours and 40 minutes later, we're in New York City. It's actually not that far. So Lancaster train station is 10 minutes from my house. Get on the train there. Two hours and 38 minutes later, we are at uh, Penn Station in, uh, in right in the center of uh, New York City. You can actually walk to Times Square from there. And, uh, and you know, we, we, we just like to get away uh, and we go to New York City and do that. And so uh, we and you know when you get out of Penn Station, you get off the train. It's actually a big complex, and much of it is underground. And so you know you have to make your way out until you come out of the station, take the escalator, then you come on the road there on the street to catch a taxi. So so my wife and I were walking. We had come out of the train and walking, and we saw I think there were three ladies who were. I mean, there were just all these people, and there were these three ladies walking in front of us. And, um, and uh, they were just normal. They were talking to one another and they looked okay. And I just passed them. My wife and I passed them. And uh, as soon as we passed them, I don't know why. I, I don't do this, but I don't know why. I turned around. These ladies were maybe in their 50s or something. I turned around and looked at them. And, uh, 
And I kind of locked eyes with one of them. She looked me in the eyes and the moment she saw me, she began to shake and, 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 and tremble and she began to scream and boom, she went down on the ground. Because I was walking and I'm actually, normally when I'm not saying anything, I'm slowly speaking in tongues. So I was just, it's just a habit I have. I was going, she and I looked at this lady and I don't know why I looked at her, but she began to shake and tremble and she screamed and fell on the ground and the devils began to come out of her. Then the cops came running and people were looking at me. I thought, man, I got to get out of here because they might think I've done something. So, uh, but, but, but I've seen this, you know. And talking about railway station, I had a similar situation in Sweden once. There was this lady, she was just weird and she stared at me all the time until she came up to me and she said, she says, I'm a spiritist. I know who you are. I know who lives in you. And I said, yeah, praise God, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And then she ran off from there. So, you know, the thing is that when we are full of the Holy Ghost, demons can be terrified. I've been to other places also where people have have said to me, you know, there's something about you. I'm, I, I feel God is with you. And so uh, we have to walk that walk, walk with God. We have to be full of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I remember many years ago, uh, I went to Greece and we were doing an indoor crusade. Actually, it was my first time in Greece. And this pastor didn't really know me, but he wanted me to do like a crusade time meetings in his church. When I went the next time, he had rented a basketball stadium. So we did it there. But anyway, I was in his church. So uh, this is Pastor George Patsauras, who went to be with the Lord last year, a wonderful man of God. So he was my interpreter. So I'm preaching and this hall I'm preaching in is totally packed out. And, and, and then there's people standing in the back, you know, at, at the doorways, people were standing. And uh, then I saw this young man in his... Uh, late 20s, uh, you know, 28, 29, 30 years old. And he's standing at the door with his arms folded and he's staring at me. So as I'm watching, walking and preaching, he's just following me with his eyes. But there was something weird about him. He's just following me with, with, with his eyeballs. He's just eyeballing me. So, uh, so I felt uncomfortable because he just, was just eyeballing me, staring at me. So finally, I stood there, uh, uh, you know, I stood... I stood there, I stopped and I stood and I just locked my eyes on him. I locked my eyes on his eyes and I just stared at him. I didn't, I wasn't preaching. People wondering I was quiet, what I was doing. I just stared at this guy and I stared at this guy and I began to pray. I said, And the moment I did that, the guy screamed and he fell on the ground and the devils began to come out of him. And then he jumped back to his feet and he ran from there as fast as he could. You see, when we are full of the Holy Ghost, the devils are terrified. Another time I was in Poland, finished a meeting. I was coming out, there were six, seven thousand people in the meeting every night. And um, we had to cross a park and, and then there was a main road and there were tram lines. and. Uh, what well we were going to our car which was on the, the parking lot across the tram line and uh, and 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 i saw i saw a crowd standing there looking at something so i was wondering what was happening so i pushed through the, and most of these people had been in the meeting so i went through the crowd and i see this young man laying there and i don't know whether he was alive or dead but all i know is that he was covered with blood and he was uh, and he was not moving his eyes were open just staring lifelessly and he was covered with blood 
and uh, and I asked the people and nobody spoke English and somebody said uh, somebody said to the effect that he had been hit by a trammer hit by a car and and he was he was just laying lifeless his eyes were open and so I I uh, uh, you know, and I'd just come from the meeting. There had been miracles and people had been saved in the Halaludova, which was behind me. And I was just, uh, so I saw this man, I said, please step aside. <coughs> and I began to, I began to speak in tongues. I said, Shikara Bashanda. And I laid my hands on him. I said, I, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And the moment I did that, Shikara I felt the, I felt the surge of the power of the Holy Spirit came through me. And the, the next moment, the moment I said the blood of Jesus, this man who I thought was dead, jumped to his feet. And he shouted like, no, no, not the blood, not the blood. And he ran from there as far as he could before anybody could stop him. It was the demons in him that were coming out of him. And he just took off running and he then disappeared. We never saw him again. So, you know, thing, things like that. There is power in the blood of Jesus. Another time I remember, uh, um, you know, um, I, I here in the U.S., I was... Uh, uh, I was visiting a church, a pastor friend of mine, and he said to me, he said to me, uh, uh, Brother Christopher, we are going for dinner, but there's a, uh, would, you, would you mind meeting a, a preacher from Europe who lives here now? And he's got a good ministry. He's come. He, I invited him uh, to meet with you. I said, sure. So anyway, we went for dinner and uh, I met this guy, this brother. He was a preacher from one of the European countries and and uh, his assistant, uh, a Brazilian guy was with him. And so I was introduced to them and we were sitting and eating. And then this, this preacher from Europe, he looks at me, he said, uh, Brother Christopher Alam, the, you went and preached in such and such city, didn't you? I said, yes, I preached there only once. I've been to many places, but there I went only once. And that was maybe 25 years ago. And then he said, yeah, and um, you were preaching in the church of Pastor So-and-so. I said, yeah. He says, well, when you were preaching, um, there was suddenly a demon-possessed guy. He began to manifest the devil and he began to scream. He was very violent. And he says, you jumped off the platform. You ran over the pews and you jumped on this guy. And he fell on the ground and you were just full of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, shouting and you, you cast the devil out of him. And this guy was very violent, but the devils came out of him. I said, yeah, that was, yeah, I remember that. I have a memory. I remember, I'd forgotten about it for so long, but yes, that happened. Then he said, he said, I am that young man. He says, that's when Jesus touched me and he's got a powerful ministry today. And you know, God does those things. And, 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 and you never know the person who you minister to who he is, how God will use him. But the important thing that we are always full of the Holy Ghost. We are always full of the Holy Ghost and always ready to minister to people. So to be filled, you know, to, to walk that way with the Holy Ghost, there's several things. Firstly, you must be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Receive the full Pentecostal baptism with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And secondly, live in continuous infillings because in the scriptures, we read that there's continuous infilling. It says again, again, he says, then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and Paul says, be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
to those who were already baptized with the Holy Ghost. That means that after you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, there's subsequent infillings because as we use by as we are used by God, the Holy Spirit flows through us. So there has to be a continual flowing. And in Psalm 90, it says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. So I, I really believe in the fresh oil and fresh anointing. And so we always have to receive, you know, live in that, receive fresh anointing from heaven, receive fresh oil, be filled with the Holy Ghost. So we should always be living in a continuous state of infilling where we are filled with the Holy Ghost and walking with the Holy Ghost. Then the other thing we have to do is to speak in tongues, speak a lot in other tongues, speak a lot in other tongues, spend a lot of time speaking in other tongues. Amen. So spend a lot of time speaking in other tongues because when you speak in other tongues, what happens? It, uh, it makes your spirit more sensitive to hearing from God, but your mind keeps on getting in the way. So speaking in tongues, it actually desensitizes your mind and it sensitizes your spirit. So you're suddenly awake to, uh, to, to spiritual impulses, to God speaking to you. But another thing I must add here, stay a lot in the word. The reason I'm saying this is because when you are, uh, you know, walking in the world of the Holy Spirit, you know, praying in tongues, then God begins to speak to you. So you must know whether what you are hearing or what you are feeling, whether it's from God or it's the devil or it's the flesh. And the only thing, listen to me, this is important. The only thing that by which you can know whether something is of God or is the devil or the flesh <coughs> is by the word of God, because in, uh, uh, you know, because it says it is only the, in Hebrews, it says it is only the word of God that can divide between flesh and spirit and bone and marrow. So uh, the word of God is the only thing uh, that comes as a sword, it's a two-edged sword, and it can divide between flesh and spirit, between bone and marrow, as it says in the scripture. So the word of God is the only thing through which you can discern and see whether something is of God or not. And how do you know that? It's simple. If it lines up with the word, it is of God. If it does not line up with the word of God, it is not God. That's the only way. So that's why uh, you have to stay with the word, because if you don't stay with the word, then it's like anything goes, you know, uh, it's good because it feels good or, oh, I feel in my, listen, the Bible says the heart of man is, dis, is, is deceptive above all things. So never rely on your feelings, never rely on your instinct or your gut feelings, gut feelings and instincts are good for Hollywood movies, but not for the spiritual life. In the spiritual life, you don't walk by gut feeling or instinct or how you feel about something, but you walk by the word. It is only by the word of God you discern. So stay in the word and pray a lot in other tongues and whatever you get from the spirit, just hold it up against the word all the time. Make it a habit. You get this in the spirit, you hold it up against the word. If it's of God, keep it not of God, just discern it and then move on. Okay, and then the next thing is faith and a clear conscience. Faith and a clear conscience. Be full of faith and have a clear conscience. That means never violate your own conscience. And if you ever falter, if you ever stumble or sin, be quick to repent, 
quick to make things right and keep on walking with God. But your whole idea should be the maintenance of a clean conscience before God. And because you and I, I mean myself included, we are not perfect. The way we maintain faith and a clean conscience is faith we maintain by staying in the word and a clean conscience we maintain by continuous repentance, making sure we apply repentance every time we fail. So you've got to do that. And then the next thing is obey God. Obey God. Whenever you feel the Holy Spirit nudges you, tells you, just obey him. And I tell you, the main area, when it, the school of obedience, I should say, the basic things in the school of obedience where God will test you is the area of giving. Now you might say, well, no, no, I don't want to give. I want to be the guy walks through Walmart and God tells me, you see that guy in that wheelchair, you can raise him up and I walk up to him, pray for him and he begins to jump and the whole store gets saved. Well, that can happen. But to get there, the school of obedience is through giving. Be, if you, listen, if you want to be used by the Holy Spirit, uh, you want to walk in authority, be a tither and a giver. I have never met a man or woman used by God who's not a tither or a giver. Be a tither and be a generous giver, okay? And then um, lastly, be, always think in terms of spirit-filled Holy Ghost ministry. Think in terms of Pentecostal ministry. Always think in terms of uh, praying for the sick and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and miracles and signs and wonders. Your mind should be always in that gear. You should always be thinking of praying for the sick and casting out devils and, 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 and I want God to use me to touch people. That's all about. Now, lastly, I want to say this to you. You remember in, in, in Luke when Jesus sent the 12 out to heal the sick, it says, uh, you know, he sent them uh, out to heal the sick, cast out devils. And he said, uh, he said, when they all came back, they came back with great joy. And they saw, said, Lord, even the devils are subject to us in thy name. And Jesus said to them, he says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning and all that. And he says, yet do not rejoice that the devils are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And always keep your mind on that. It, we don't rejoice because demons are subject to you. That is something necessary to minister to people. But we rejoice because our names are written in heaven. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Pray for their households. I pray that they be built up and be strong in faith. I thank you, Father. Use them mightily for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, tomorrow we start on another subject. And the Lord bless you.